Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal episode 47 uh, and again I'm very fortunate to be joined by a new guest this time. Um, Laura do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, um, well I'm Laura, I'm 21, I'm from North Wales, I'm a student mental health nurse and I have depression and anxiety. Cool, um, and I think we've spoken quite a lot because which chat are we involved? Is it the talk MH one that we started talking on first? Yeah. I, I lose track now of where no, I start talking to people. Um, so um, some of the stuff that we've talked about before we might get to cover today as well, which would be really nice. And actually, this is the first time that we've actually spoken to each other, which is kind of strange. I mean, we're both ginger, so we should automatically know each other. I oh, know. So it's like one, one mind, isn't it? One mega mind. <laughs> um, we need to have one with um, Amy at some stage as well. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. A trio of gingers. I know. The world. <laughs> we could. We could. It'd be immense. Yeah. Um, so some of the stuff um, I know we've spoken about before obviously relates around um, mental health. And I think we've been really fortunate that there is... Um, the Talk MH group that I've spoken about a few times yeah, um, on the podcast and we're really lucky that um, people like Hannah have started up that chat and um, also Doris that I've spoken to before that does the Monday night chat as well which is really cool um, yeah. and that's a great way to I think open up and get a chance to meet other people like we have um, and share your story. No, definitely. I mean, the mental health compu- like community I'm a part of on Twitter, I have met through Talk MH, and they're all amazing, so supportive. And without Talk MH, um, I'd probably still be like a little fish in a big pond on Twitter. Yeah, it's just, I so, don't know, it's, it's that way to, I don't know, like just connect with people, isn't it? I think the um like the old school internet where you had like forums and stuff like that you had to kind of seek out a little bit more mm-hmm. um and i think even just with the way that twitter works even if you only know one or two people that happen to feed into the group that you see enough of it to then want to be part of it as well yeah definitely i mean it was one person that hashtagged it and i was like oh okay click on it and then there was this whole feed of people that i could relate to they were just spouting off their own different problems and I was like I can relate to this who who are these people and it's really nice isn't it like it, it does seem to be I guess as it grows as well like quite a, a spread of of people on there like um where they are in the country some people from abroad as well which is awesome and yeah. um Mark's been on the podcast a couple of times so to get to hear from him as well is really good mm. um and I think having that connection through a group like that is really cool and especially for um some of the i guess like the groups of people that you could say are on there so for me like as a male um like being able to chat on there and seeing like one or two other guys come in is really good yeah um but i also think it's like a general sense actually being very stereotypical like girls sometimes are more comfortable talking about their feelings and their emotions no yes you're completely right i yeah, I well, you've hit the nail on the head there. Basically. Yeah, it's stereotypical at all. It's just the truth. Mm. I mean, you know, male suicide is the biggest killer in the UK. So I think it, it talks for itself, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, on Twitter, if 
a girl is having a bad day, she'll tweet about it and then she'll talk openly about it and then you'll see all her problems on the feed. Mm. And then there'll be more girls like, oh, yeah, I've had this, I've had this, oh, this has happened to me. But it's all mental health. I mean, it's as if we're sat in a cafe talking about the TV mm. and what's on and what we've been watching. Like, that's how general and, like, how... I don't know. We make it sound as if it's a common... It's common... Yeah. TV, yeah. music, or whatever, and that's what it is for us, and that's what it needs to be like for men as well. Yeah, and I think it's... that's one of the things I like. I, I get, I don't know. There's different times of the year when obviously certain things are important, but mm. um, there seems to be uh, like a, a big emphasis sometimes put on splitting people up into groups, and it's oh, it's about young people, or it's about males, or it's about females, or it's about older generation. And I think open yeah. groups um, like the two groups we've mentioned, where okay there are more of a certain group of people um but actually anyone can join in with that and you do see a, a range of people in there that's the thing that i really like about it like you do get um you've got some quite young people in there um you've got some older people in there you've got some guys some girls um and it's just a nice mixture of of people within that group i think yeah no definitely and I don't know, I, I've learned so much, like my friend Amy, you know, like, oh, our yeah. fellow ginger Amy, I, I don't, she won't mind me saying this, she has BPD, mm. and before I started talking to Amy, I had little to no knowledge on what it was, how it affected people, I mean, I tried Googling, that made no sense, and then I knew no one that I could ask questions, Yeah. and I was just like, oh, I was like, what the hell is this? And then after speaking to Amy, I'm like, I don't know, I'm like a pro on it now. I like, <laughs> I like that it gives that that chance because um, you essentially kind of become friends through the group. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think for, I, I, I don't know, I guess I've got to a stage where I, I'm, the people that I feel more comfortable with are people that also suffer with a mental health issue. Mm. Um, but generally, I think those people do feel or are better able to kind of ask those questions. And I don't feel as bad, like, if I'm talking to Rich to, like, ask him about, like, OCD and, oh, yeah, like, I remember asking him about his tattoos and I was like, so how does that work? Like, if you've got, like, these fears, like, how does it work with going and having a tattoo? And, yeah. like, actually just being able to ask those questions, not in an offensive way, no, but just it's... being saying, like, actually, I'm really interested. Like, how how does that work? No, um, definitely. I, I think if people that... Who well, who aren't mentally ill? I think if they I think they're more afraid of mental illness, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I do. I think people who aren't mentally ill are afraid of it because like if someone's broken a leg they can see it. Mm. But then if somebody's mentally ill, they have no idea what it is, and then God forbid, but it happens, people do commit suicide. Mm. So they've got this illness that they can't see, but it's killing people. Mm. And I think that's what they're afraid of, and that's what's like making them back off to not want to ask people about it, which is not the right way to go about it. And I can't, like, obviously I'm mentally ill, so it's easy for me to say this, but I would much prefer somebody to message me or something after reading my blog and being like, well, can you tell me a bit more about depression or anxiety and how it affects you, Hmm. rather than to just be wondering like oh i wonder i wonder how she feels about that or i wonder how like how has this come about how does she just get depression or whatever Hmm. like 
that's the question. Like, they're the questions that haunt people, really. I think, like you say, like, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's trying to work out how to how to bring that topic up, like, how to deal with it. And I think people generally um, all have that... It's that fear of... I guess a fear of change, a fear of unknowing and yeah. um and not being sure. Um and if you um I don't know, if you're not black, do you ask black people about their history and their culture? Like are you more reluctant to do that? If you're your friends with someone with a mental health illness, like are you afraid to ask them about that? If someone's in a wheelchair, like are you afraid to ask them like yeah. well what happened or um how do you find like doing this or that? I, it's it's that line isn't it sometimes ignorance Mm. is out of the fear of upsetting and offending someone Mm. that's all it is and it's so sad that it's really sad Mm. but i don't know this is what we have to do break the stigma (laughs) it's all talking about it i think isn't it yeah um i think when we're talking about change um it's a nice sort of almost seamless link um into obviously you've got your own blog um that you have which is laura likes change yes there's nice change um Mm -hmm. link um and i know in there you you talk a little bit about your experience from from when you're younger and some of the challenges with um like your exams and coursework and stuff as you start to i guess be affected by mental health Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you feel comfortable sort of talking to us a little bit about what is quite a stressful time for for anyone at that age anyway let alone someone that's going through um struggles with with mental health issues as well no of course well when i was 16 i decided i only live in a little town and there's no college here so it was only sixth form okay travel 20 odd miles by the train to go to college and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start gaining my own independence, got myself a little part-time job. And I was like, I'm 16 years old, I'm going out to change the world. <laughs> really naive of me. And so I started my A-levels and things were going well. Made an amazing group of friends who I'm still in contact with quite a few of them. And I loved it. And then over the like coming months, I don't know. I I honestly, I do not know what happened. It's people started to hate. Well, all of this is in inverted commas, okay? Okay. But people started to hate me. Nobody wanted to bother with me. Um, I wasn't good enough. People wouldn't care if I was gone. My mum and dad started to hate me. And then I was just like pushing myself away from people. And then I noticed then exams were coming up and I was quite stressed, but I was trying to revise, mm. but that wasn't going very well. So that was a big stressor as well. And then I just remember I went into one exam and I sat there and there wasn't many people in the exam and it was a huge hall. And then all of a sudden the walls were closing in and I couldn't breathe. Mm. And I was just like, no, can't do it can't do it and then I started the exam got 30 minutes in out of the two and a half hours and I ran out got home and I cried and I was like no can't do it can't do it I spoke to my mum and dad and they were like oh no you know it's natural don't worry about it you can reset and they just tried to reassure me Mm. and I was like okay listen while I listened to them I took it on board and I was like I'll give it another go. So I 
then another couple of months, say. And then one day I came home from college and went on the desktop computer downstairs. Yeah. And then my mum, she calls me babes all the time. <laughs> and then she no, honestly, it's so embarrassing. And she's like, how was your day, babes? Can I get you anything to eat or drink? And I flipped out at her. Honestly, like you could, I could get her in here now and you could ask her. And I went mad at her. And I just, I was effing and blinding, which I never do. Never do it to my mum. And I ran upstairs. I then, all I remember, I was going sick. I was hyperventilating. I was screaming. And then mum came up around 10 minutes later. And then she was like, what's wrong, babes? What's wrong? And to me, it felt like I was trying to, I was telling her everything that was the matter. I was getting everything off my chest. But to her, I was literally, I was speaking in tongues. Hmm. Like, nothing was making sense to her. Like, I was speaking so fast, it was incoherent. Like, there was nothing made sense. So she called my dad. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard them saying, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? But obviously, that didn't come out either. Men phoned the doctors. It was around quarter to six at night, and the doctors closed at six. But I heard her say, no, she needs to come in. She's had a breakdown. Hmm. And I was like, I've had a breakdown? I've had a breakdown? I was like, what? Next thing I know, I was in the doctors. Mum done all this talking. I didn't have a clue what she was talking about, but apparently it was about me. Hmm. And then the doctor was like, your daughter has depression. Here's some telepram. See if the college have a counsellor. And then off I went. And then I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. I was like, this is new. Yeah. I was like, what is this? So next day, I didn't go to college because I started my medication. I think I was off for a week. Hmm. Mum and dad were really good. My dad had suffered mental health problems before, so he was amazingly supportive. He knew everything, like... Basically, he told me what I was thinking, which was nice because I thought I was losing the plot. Mm. And it was awful. And then Mim finally got through to a college counsellor. I think I saw her for three weeks and then I had to drop out of college, could not do it. And things got really bad. And it just went to pot, really. And... Yeah, it was just, I couldn't get out of bed. I hardly spoke to any of my friends, even if I did speak to them at all. And it was just, I was in a really, really dark place. And then I remember one night I was sat in the living room and I'd been, like, hearing things. My muscles had been spasming and it was just really, really odd. So I told my dad and I was like, Dad... I don't feel too well. And he was like, why, what's wrong? So I told him all of my symptoms, like how my muscles were spasming, I was Mm. heaving things, like this wasn't normal for me. And then he was like, oh, don't worry about it. It might just be your medication type of thing. Mm. He was like, go to bed, try and sleep it off, because it was quite late. And I was like, okay, no worries. And then my dad worries about me, when I was a little girl, obviously. So it was around two o'clock in the morning and men woke me up and I had to go downstairs and my dad was on the phone to mental health out of hours and I had to speak to them and I was speaking to a doctor and then I had to reassure him that I wasn't having any suicidal thoughts Mm. and I obviously wasn't 
And then he was like, okay, pass me back on to your dad. And my dad's like, okay, I can get her to the doctors at eight o'clock in the morning. It's a few hours. We'll get her there type of thing. Mm. It's no problem. And I was like, what the hell's happening? And hung up. And my dad's like, we think you might have serotonin syndrome. And I was like, what the hell's that? Mm. I was like, I've got depression. I was like, now I've got this. And I was like, what is it? And then he was like, it's from your tablets. Your body's producing too much serotonin. And then we looked online because the doctor didn't give us much information on it. Hmm. And then if you leave it for so long, it turns out you can end up in some sort of coma. Whoa. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so 8 o'clock in the morning, we were literally at the doctor's doors told the doctor what happened and then he was like okay off the citalopram goodbye and that was it and i was like uh, uh. <laughs> I, I, I was just i got home and then i was like so does that mean i'm not mentally ill anymore but i was still in such a dark place i had all these awful ruminating thoughts and i was like hmm. is this what life's going to be for me i'm is this normal for me I was so confused. I was 16 years old and I was so confused. And I was like, well, I suppose I'm going to have to try and live with it. So I sort of put this plastic bag over myself. And I was like, this is going to be my bubble. I'm going to stay in this bubble and just try and carry on. Mm. And that's what I did. I did my part-time job in the shop. And then that was my life. And, like, literally, it was just all a blur. I had these disgusting thoughts going through my head. These awful things were happening to my body, which were anxiety, like, palpitations, couldn't breathe and everything like that. I was having little panic attacks. And then I was like, but I'm not mentally ill anymore. You know, this is normal for me. That's it. And I was just like living this awful, awful, awful life. Mm. And then it was just, honestly, I'd wake up every day and I'd be like, surely this can't be normal. And then after, like, talking to myself, I'd be like, but the doctor took me off my medication so I can't be mentally ill anymore. Yeah. And then I'd get up out of bed and carry on my day with these awful thoughts going through my head, getting tired, like, more and more tired. And then it was just, it wasn't wasn't good at all. And then I remember I went to the doctors because I had kidney infection and I had a new GP, um, a lovely lady. And then she just happened to look back through my history and she's like, how's your mental health, Laura? And I was like, oh, I'm not mentally ill anymore. And then she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not mentally ill anymore. And then she was like, but you were only on Citalopram for a few months. And she was like, I don't see that you'd been referred to CAMS or anything. She's like, mm. how are you not mentally ill? So I told her about my serotonin thing and how I got yeah. pulled off from the tablets. And I was like, yeah, so they pulled me off the tablets and I'm not mentally ill anymore. And I was 18 or 19 at this point. Mm. So I was such a loof, like, yeah, I'm not mentally ill, I'm fine. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything, and her face dropped. And she was like, oh, my word. And she was like, okay, so I'm going to put an urgent referral through to adult mental health. Hmm. 
you'll have an assessment within a week and then you'll this will happen and I was like no 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 I don't need this I'm not mentally ill anymore but thank you <laughs> and I was like I built this massive shield over me I'd convinced myself that this was my life I was going to go around hating myself and wanting to be dead knowing everyone hated me but this was fine this this was absolutely fine so I tried to like argue with the doctor I was like I am not mentally ill I am not on medication I have not had any help for the past three years and I'm still here so I'm not mentally ill and then she was like no Laura you really are (laughs) (laughs) oh that's nice (laughs) and I was like "Eh?" and then she like had a little chat with me and I was like oh shit Mm. I was like so like thrown back by it all and she'd like explained that I was showing really strong symptoms of what like clinical depression Mm. and she didn't have any doubt at all that I had anxiety and I was like well no I I do not have anxiety for one I do not know what that is and I do not have it Mm. and then she was like Laura you do my love and I was like uh no no and I was like, I, I might agree with the depression because I have had that in the past. I got over it, but okay, I will agree to have that again. Mm. But I do not have anxiety. And then she was like, no, Laura, you do. And we're going to get you the help that you need. And I was like, but what about the last three years? And she was like, all I can do is apologise. And I was like, so I've been mentally ill for the past three years. And she's like, I'm really sorry, but you have. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I had no words and I was like well okay then (laughs) thank you goodbye and then I went home and I was like so like I don't know it was as if I was having a common conversation with my mum and dad Mm. and I was like so I'm being referred to adult mental health and they were like oh thank god and I was like but what I was like I have no idea I was like I thought I was just being a normal person yeah, I didn't realise I'd gone in such a, into such a big shell with loads and loads of layers over it. I was like, a zombie apocalypse couldn't get into me. And I didn't realise I had done that. Um, I think it was within five days I had a letter to go for an assessment. And I had this lovely mental health nurse. And we had this, I think it was three hours long between me telling her everything from 16 to now. Well, then, the present then. And she was like, okay, I'm going to refer you to a psychiatrist. You should be seeing him within the next few days. And I was like, eh. I was like, I don't need a psychiatrist. I was like, just give me more Satellipro. And then she was like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. And I was like, but that's how it was before. And then I got better. I was like, naive. I was 19 and I was was so naive. I was like, I don't know. I think I was just trying to protect myself. I think, yeah, I think it sounds like you've done so much to kind of protect yourself and you get to a state where you, a little bit because of your age, but also just because of the way you were kind of, looked after by the service is that they've not really explained anything to you so you don't have it's like oh i've got to do it on my own um 
and then so the idea that someone else comes along and shows some care and like oh we need to look at this and you're like well let's just do it the quickest simplest way possible so I can get back to just being like me on my own yeah um and for you like obviously like you said the last time it was really quick so you take your satilopram for a couple of weeks and then you're taking off it and you're off on on your own again I guess I don't know yeah honestly I was just like oh god and I had a letter through within a few days um to see a psychiatrist Mm. so I went to see a psychiatrist he's still I'm 21 now I'm 22 in May and still my psychiatrist he's amazing do not think I would be here without him now I have the best relationship with him and went to see him told him everything that I told the mental health nurse that assessed me and then his face just dropped and then he literally he face palmed I I don't think he knew what to say and then he was like right we're going to do a care plan we're going to do this this and this I'm going to try you out on this medication first it's going to be a low dose but we're going to work up and I was just like no, you could just give me this. It was fine before. That's what happened then. <laughs> you arguing with these mental health professionals <laughs> just to give me some more to telephone and let me go. <laughs> and then, but obviously, he was really respective. He knew what had happened, obviously. And then he was like, no, we're going to try this route this time and maybe we will get more progress. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. I'll, I'll give that a go. Oh, since you say this I'll give that a go and then yeah it was just that's what happened and I'm still here now it and does sound like you've got like the two complete different ends of the service there yeah. like you've had the absolute shit of like basically no explanation here take some drugs all oh, the drugs aren't working we won't give you the drugs yeah. and then like a really quick kind of um, I guess like recognition, response, um, assessment, and access on the other end. So that like, although that's really good, it gets lost. I guess in the it's just it was just like a huge whirlwind. I didn't know mm. any of this stuff existed for me, mm. and I was just like, I had no idea about cams. Apparently, I was supposed to be referred to cams because I was sixteen. Yeah, didn't know cams existed. Mm. I was just like no it was just it was it wasn't scary it was just a big blur because everything was happening so quickly and I was in my dull little shell I mean I woke up I don't even know what happened through my days most of the time because it was such a huge blur and then I went to sleep and then I was in a psychiatrist room he's telling me all this and he put me on new medication and then oh I don't know it was just manic but Honestly, the care I've received now in the adult community mental health. I mean, my psychiatrist, he gave me this mental health nurse. I won't name her because I don't know if I'm allowed. But honestly, she's the most beautifulest woman inside and out. And I generally, like, believe that without her or my psychiatrist, I wouldn't be here now. Mm. Honestly, they were at the end of the phone when I needed them. I saw her every week if I had her number, if I needed her for the chat. She phoned me most days just to see how I was. Wow. Which was huge. I mean, it was crazy. And then January this year, I had a really, really, really big relapse. Mm. 
And I just remember I had, I was adamant that I was going to commit suicide. And then for some reason, I look at my phone and then I felt the need to phone my psychiatrist. So I got through to his receptionist. She's amazing. I love her as well. Yeah. And she put me straight through to him. And then I was just on the phone. I was like, ah! <laughs> like, and there was no words coming from me. He knew it was me because my psychiatrist saw, like, knew it was me. Like, yeah. his receptionist knew it was me. And I was like, help! And then he was like, okay, Laura, what's the matter? Like, really, really calm. I was like, I'm going to kill myself! And then he was like, okay, do you know what's wrong? I was like, ah! <laughs> like, Jerry's just screaming down the phone then. And then he was like, I, I was in bits. I was in tears. And I don't know, I don't know what noises I was making. I have no idea. And then he was like, okay, do you want to pop down? You can pop down to see me now. I'll cancel my next patient and you can come and see me. And I was like, okay. And it's literally a two-minute walk to the little house that mm. they're in. It's like an old house, but they've made it into a little mental health centre. It's quite cute. That's nice. I think having a nice little environment there makes a difference as well, doesn't it? It means possibly in times like that, like you feel more comfortable phoning them. No, yeah, definitely. It, it's not a hospital environment at all. Mm. It's just literally like, it looks like a little house that's been adapted. So I went down there. I was in tracksuit, hoodie. My hair hadn't been brushed in days. I probably smelt. I don't know if I had makeup on. If I did, it, it'd been like a week old. So I did not look good at all. And then I went into his room, sat there, and then he was like, what's happening? So I told him everything. Then he was like, okay, then we're going to try some new medication and we're going to have a psychologist. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So he put me on my new um, combination now, that is venlafaxine and quetiapine. Mm. And he put me on quite a low dose to start off with. Initially, I think he did want me to go into hospital, but that was a big no-no for me. And I wasn't bad enough for a section, but he wanted me to go in, like, you know, voluntary? Yeah. So he just gave me quetiapine, venlafaxine, and he gave me some diazepam too. And his, I think his initial idea was just to get me to sleep. Mm. And that is, I think, for around five days straight, all I'd done was sleep. I'd wake up, take my tablets, mum and dad would wake me up for some food and drink. Yeah. And that's it. All I'd done was sleep. He'd phone the house and he'd be like, how's Laura? And mum and dad would be like, should we wake her up? All she's doing is sleeping. He's like, no, 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 leave her sleep. Mm. Leave her sleep. And I think that's what he wanted me to do is just sleep, let my body chill, let my adrenaline go to as low as possible and mm. let the chemicals sort themselves out. Yeah. And then I woke up, and then it was around, say, seven days later, after all that big drama, and I woke up, and I was just like, I felt so different. I mean, I wasn't completely better. I still felt shit, but Mm. I'm sorry for swearing. That's right. Uh, I still felt crap, but it was just like, I don't know. It was like I saw light. Like, my body... It sort of resettles you a little bit. Like you say, you're still not higher, but you're lower than you want to be. But you're you're a bit more sort of stable, I guess. Yeah, my body was at this calm that I hadn't felt in so long. 
and I was just oh I had I don't know I can't explain it I was just I was at this ultimate calm hmm. and then he was like and I phoned him and then he was like okay stop taking the diazepam now and come back down to see me hmm. and then went back down he's like okay so we're going to up it a little bit more and we're going to up it until I feel comfortable and until you feel comfortable, he's like, at any point, if you don't want to go anymore or if you want to go lower, you tell me and we'll work it out. And I was like, okay, okay, we can do this. And that's what we did. And he gave, gave me another mental health nurse to support me through this medication change. I had a psychiatrist who was amazing. I've actually finished with her. No, not a psychiatrist, a psychologist. Mm. And it was just, she was amazing. And the talking therapy, I didn't know it was possible for me to do it. It's like how in-depth that I did. Yeah. Like, honestly, I can't, like, I'm sat here now and I've got a huge smile on my face. But I'm just like, I have no words to explain it. It was like a whole new world. I think I know how to... Mm, I don't know if it's probing, but like they ask the right questions. It's sometimes it is a question that you've thought of before, but it's just the way it's phrased and the way it's put, yeah. and it gets you to to I don't know about think differently, but it gets you to maybe it gets you to think differently. It's just the way you kind of process that and the way you explain it. And I think I would say I don't know about you, but um, every time I talk about my own experience, yeah. it's always slightly different. I mean, it, yeah, it's the same story because it's the same thing that's happened, but yeah. you tell it in a slightly different way. Yeah. And I think if someone's trained to ask you in a certain way, they would be able to prompt you to to think about it in a different way or to analyse it in a different way. Yeah. Um, and especially because they're not telling you to do that. They're kind of prompting you to so it's you that talks about it and you're still talking about not a as a, again generally you're not talking generally you're talking about yourself and about your own experience or your own feelings yeah and that's the work that they can do really well um whereas sometimes i think sometimes you do get lucky in that you have maybe a friend or you have a conversation and you happen to have like a really good moment because just the way they've asked um yeah kind of gets you to rethink something um and because they're not trained they won't continue with that that kind of questioning but there might be just one thing in there that kind of triggers that response from you yeah um and that can be really good for us but it's also misleading sometimes because you think you're making like a big breakthrough when yeah. you've really just kind of happened to fall on a question that's really prompted you yeah. um so it's kind of yeah it's like a positive and a negative i guess yeah, I didn't really talk to anyone about my mental health as in-depth that I did with my psychologist mm. and my psychiatrist and my mental health nurse. I mean, after every session, I'd come home, mum and dad would be like, how did you get on? And I would tell them as much as I could. Yeah. But I wouldn't go in-depth. Like, it's as if I knew that, don't get me wrong, home is my safe place and my security blanket, but... In my little mental health house, mm. that is where I'm safe to talk my mind. And I know someone will be able to help me. Someone will understand me yeah. and I will get an answer. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, um, I think your your situation is a little bit different to mine in that, like, 
I guess every situation is different. But yeah. it sounds like you're... Oh, I don't know, maybe it's more similar than I think. Like, your dad sounds like he's experienced a little bit himself and he's really there for you, he's really concerned and um, is also a little bit, I guess, more knowledgeable than some people would be on, on potentially what's going on or what's involved within that. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I've, I massively struggle with, with talking to family about it. I don't feel... I don't know. I guess in myself, I don't feel like it's appropriate. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's probably the word is right, but I guess it's probably not right that I feel that. But I just, yeah, I just, I don't, I feel like it's something I can talk about with like some of my friends um, or talk about it to to like a certain extent. Um, And I'll talk to um, like, obviously people I've kind of started to meet online, I'm more comfortable with because those people I've generally met um at a stage when I've already been affected by mental health yeah so it's not like oh I used to be like this and now I'm like this it's just like I am like this um which I don't I don't know if that it's easier for them but it's easier for me yeah um whereas yeah I guess family and parents people that have known you a long time whether they think it or not in your own mind you make the comparison between where you were and where you are or what you want them to see or don't want them to see or what their reaction might be. Yeah. Um, and I think um, to some extent, uh, like my parents separated when I was younger and there was always bits like, oh, you can say this, but you can't say that. Um, yeah. So it created that, I guess, like, it's, it's not an openness, like there's a limit to what you're allowed to say. I think that because they happen to you from such a young age it's sort of ingrained into your head that that's how you have to be with everything maybe yeah I think so I think it definitely it's one of those kind of small things you can look back on and you can overanalyze it but I feel like yeah that probably set in my mind like oh you say certain things to certain people yeah um and that's definitely there um so I feel yeah like more comfortable talking to some people than others and um I get what you mean when you say like um home is like your safe place like I definitely feel more I I feel more relaxed at home um like I have like um episodes where like I can shake and stuff um generally those happen a lot more at home um Mm -hmm. because you're not putting that front on so it's like the exhaustion um of you like you're just like I'm at home like you can sort of let go a little bit and then whatever happens happens kind of thing um so I completely get that but then even if you're at home and then someone's there that you you're not comfortable around you can still kind of try to recluse yourself that's definitely not a sentence <laughs> no, I completely get what you mean yeah. Um, you. yeah you can push yourself back into like you say you create that own bubble even if it sometimes it's a physical one sometimes it's a mental one of like I'm only going to show this or I'm only going to do that so yeah. yeah no I get that yeah, I don't know. It's It's been quite tough, but I think what I have done too much, and I've spoken with my mental health nurse and psychologist about this, is just I make, like, if I'm, ha- I don't know how to say it. It's like I make things seem better than what they are. Yeah. Like, this year I've had a lot of problems with my physical health, and I'm currently under a neurologist and everything. I'm on medical leave from uni, and mm. things have been really shit this year. Oh, sorry, mm. sorry again. That's things all right. have been really crap this year. Yeah. 
and like I've had hospital admissions and everything and it's had a huge impact on my mental health and my anxiety like not to give myself a little promo but if you read my blog about my anxiety it makes me think that people are going to die and that people around me are going to get hurt they're going to die I'm going to die and everything it's 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 not complicated like I've written it in quite simple terms on my blog so if you want Mm. to read it type of thing or anyone else wants to read it so I've been in a lot of pain this year like I'm in pain every day it's like a dull ache but I, I live with it now it's totally fine I trust that the neurologists and the doctors are doing their very best to try and find out what's wrong with me mm. so I'm at peace with that but I think I've made out too much to everyone that I'm okay yeah. and that it's not affecting me but I'm in pain every day and my anxiety is through the roof every day and every day I think I'm going to die and people around me that I love are going to die and it's not too good Mm. but I don't know somehow I'm coping and I'm able to talk about it like I don't know when I wrote to the blog the other day about it that's the first time I'd really I have not acknowledged it because I've known it for a long time but really opened up about it I mean, I tried to open up about it to a friend and my boyfriend, but still, I made it seem not as bad as it was. Like, I sugarcoat everything. Mm. So, like, people can ask me, oh, how are you today? And I'll be like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. But inside, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die. You've spoken to me now, so I think you might die too. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, I don't know, it's really odd. I mean, some days are better than others. Some days I'm, I'm a bit anxious but no i can get through it Mm. then other days i'm like i can't leave the house and that's what it's been like for the majority of this year i think until maybe around mid-october until now or maybe november till now that's how it's been and i've just Mm. kept myself in the house kept myself away from people because i've generally thought if i get too close to people i'm gonna kill them somehow i don't know how just by like association sort of thing yeah because of me they're gonna die and oh my god it's been quite bad loads of people hate me now i'm quite sure (laughs) i don't think they hate you it might be a case of they just don't they don't understand and i think again that comes from that idea that we will maybe be I don't know. Am I making general I'm like other, yeah, other people will maybe be a bit more sensitive to you and will maybe be prepared to ask you questions about it when other people will be just like, oh, I don't understand that. I can't really deal with asking you that or I don't want to upset you, so I'm just gonna ignore it. And yeah. you're like, Yeah, so that solves like that issue within like the five minutes of us talking now, but in terms of yeah. our actual relationship going forward, like if this is going to come up every time we talk um yeah basically i don't want to be your friend anymore <laughs> yeah no exactly so i'm like i don't know i just try and sugarcoat everything like i've got a text from a friend oh are you okay today i'm like yeah 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 i'm fine but really i'm in bed and i can't get out of bed because i'm so anxious and i'm so ill physically mm. and then if i am having a, like a really bad day like physically like i can't get out of bed because i am really ill mm. Like, a friend texts me, like, oh, are you okay today? And I'll be like, oh, no, I'm having a bit of a bad day today, not too well. Mm. Um, I'm in bed. I struggle to look at my phone because everything just hurts too much. Mm. And then I don't think, 
I've, I think I've done it for myself, really, by trying to protect myself and other people from what's going on. Because we don't know what's going on. It's a bit of a surprise at the moment. Yeah. Like, people ask me, like, oh, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you physically? I'm like, oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> I'll let you know when I know type of thing. And I've been, like, really lighthearted about it. And I yeah. think I've tried to do that, like, to protect myself and other people. But it really, it's just got me in a bit of a bigger hole because now people don't take me as serious as sh- I'd like them to because they don't realise how ill I actually am. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's really difficult. I kind of, um, like, I know, I know, um, or I've got a friend up in Manchester. Um, yeah. She's got, um, she's got M, uh, MS, but yeah. I think there's, there's other stuff going on within her health as well. Yeah. Um, and she said it's really difficult because um, when she, she will say, like, oh, it's not a great day or whatever, and someone will say to her, oh, like, hope you're feeling better soon or whatever. She's like, well, I'm not feeling great, but this is like, this is how I feel every day. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, some days it's worse and other days it's really worse. No, um, yeah, totally right. Said, but <laughs> I'm not, it's like a better day is just when it only hurts a little bit sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that idea to to someone else um, is really hard to pick on, up on because I think it is that, um, it's that obviously it's going to impact on mental health, but it's physical health but again it's sometimes something that can't always be seen mm-hmm. um and i know uh when i i went up to manchester for the um mh meet but also to go and see sarah the day before yeah um, and we walked around uh like a christmas market and um some shops and things yeah and um obviously because of our illness they've got um like disabled access parking so some of the places we were parking like you you park quite close to some stuff and even then you can see like people's reaction like when you get out of the car yeah um like there's three people getting out and walking and we're not using like a walking aid or anything like that but yeah. um like i noticed after walking around the market like very quickly um probably after an hour or so like her ability to walk was it looked like like it's a real struggle um yeah and it's not like you you battle on and i knew i knew she was doing more than she probably usually would have because i was there and they wanted to do stuff while i was there which was really kind yeah um but i thought yeah i know she's trying harder because i'm it but actually every day like just to go out to the shop sometimes is is going to be an effort and it is that struggle where you push yourself so far um, and sometimes she'll use something to to help her walk um and you're like, well, maybe people will notice it more because you're using something physical that they can see. But if you're just struggling, it's mm. almost like, well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not in a wheelchair, so what's your problem? Um, yeah. and, I th- and you can also put a brave face on it as well. Like, it doesn't take much to smile. Yeah. And like, like, I'm how mu- the best person at putting a fake smile on. I can put a fake smile on through everything. Mm. In the first few months of my psychology appointments... I would be talking about some really sad moments in my life and really I should have been crying and the psychologist knew I should have been crying. I even said I should have been crying but whilst talking I had this huge smile plastered on my face Mm. and it was just like and that's how I talk to people like I've I've got a smile now like I've just got a smile plastered on my face and I'm not taken seriously because I've got the smile on my face, but I'm talking that I'm in so, like I'm talking and saying that I'm in so much pain. Mm. But I do it to myself, and it's such a bad habit. And 
it's really I don't know how to get out of it. So I don't blame other people at all because it is my fault. I think because oh, I don't know. I think as well though it's that it's it's just like oh, I don't know it's almost natural human instinct is to it's to protect yourself it's not to show a weakness like that that's something that I think we probably learn at a very young age yeah. is um is a general rule is not to show weakness like if you're um if you're not good at spelling if you're not good at sport like we wouldn't naturally say oh, I'm not good at that but I'm really good at something else your yeah. natural instinct is to cover up that weakness mm-hmm. and redirect it to like oh that's when you see like some kids that will mess around uh, maybe make jokes or yeah, yeah maybe they will concentrate a lot more on the things that they're good at um, I think it's a natural instinct to do that and I think especially for us when it's um, whether it's mental health or physical health if it's something we don't really understand yeah um and there's not always like a big build-up um then it's just hard to get like if someone comes over and cuts your arm off and your arm's hanging off yeah i I get why that's happened and we can admit like yeah that really hurts um but if you were just walking around and suddenly your arm went dead and you didn't know why i don't know how many people would take that that seriously straight away you'd just try and carry on and think oh like yeah it'll come back eventually won't it like i'll be able to feel it soon i'm sure um you don't i don't know you just don't take it as seriously i think you don't want to admit it to other people but also to yourself sometimes as well because like we have this i think we have an inbred need to understand everything yeah um and it's really hard and i guess that's one of the challenges with mental health is that it's that acceptance sometimes that you know what like yeah you might not work out why you are like you are um and that can be really hard um and it's I don't know it's definitely something that I've struggled with in that you need to have like a oh this is why or if the reason why is a reason that you don't want it to be then you're like oh there's another reason well, I'll just I'll work it out later yeah um yeah just definitely admitting you've got some sort of weakness isn't something that we there's so like you say there's so many strengths in that rather than focusing on that weakness actually like your ability to to deal with certain situations and act calmly is probably amazing. Like um, if someone was hurt or something on a bus, you would probably be like one of the most calmest people. So you'd probably be really good at that, um, like dealing with and talking to people that are going through stuff. No, I actually We don't focus on that, do we? I actually am. I was on placement (laughs) this year um, with the community mental health team. Mm. And I went to see a patient with my mentor and I was about to give her a depot injection and my patient was epileptic. Okay. But she was a beautiful woman. She was amazing. She had the best personality on her and she um, has schizophrenia as well. Mm-hmm. And honestly, she was the funniest woman ever. And she has it in her upper quarter, so on her butt cheek really high up. And she was standing up one minute and then she just leant forward and collapsed on the bed. And my mentor had all these sharps and everything ready. So I picked her up, put her on the floor, Mm -hmm. and then she started having an epileptic fit. And I was like, okay, then just removed anything from her pockets. My mentor was trying to deal with all these sharps and then she phoned an ambulance Mm -hmm. because I didn't know any of the details of where we were. It was like out of my area. 
then she came out, I put her in recovery position, and then I just lay down beside her. And I was like, hello, my love. And she's like, what's happened? And I was like, oh, you've just had an athletic fit, don't worry. And yeah. I was like, we've got an ambulance on the way just to make sure you're okay. And she was like, oh, okay. So I was talking to her, and then I was asking her, like, little questions, and she was answering them spot on. Hmm. And then I noticed her chest was, like, breathing, like, really fast. And she was going quite red, so I took, like, I took her pulse, and her pulse was going through the roof. And I was like, how's your breathing, my love? And she was like, oh, it's hurting a bit. So I said to my mentor, I was like, we need an ambulance and we need it here really fast. And my mentor was like, why? I was like, I think she's going to be having a heart attack. So I rolled her on her back and mm-hmm. she stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. And then she, had, she and then started CPR and that ambulance came. And then she, had, she was fine, got her to um, hospital. By the time they got her there, she was awake and talking. And then it was just like, oh. And then... It was like eight o'clock at night. I'd been there since nine, and my mentor and I we were just crying. Mm. Like it all happened so fast. We were so calm, and then at the end of it, we were just we were in tears. We went. It's just like all that emotion pours out of you, doesn't it? At the end of the day. And then we were just like, "What happened? Like that that wasn't supposed to happen. We're mental health nurses, not general. We're not supposed to see stuff like that." (laughs) Like no, no, no. That's not allowed to happen. But it happened Mm. anyway. And it was just it was so it was crazy and like the the placement people like wrote a like emailed my university and everything to say what i had done to sing their praises and all that yeah. and then i was just like how the hell did i do that and then i got in my car afterwards and then i was just crying i was in pieces i was in bits and i phoned my boyfriend and i was like this has happened to me <laughs> and he was like Oh my god! And I was like, <laughs> drove home the twenty-five miles, cried all the way. <laughs> Got home, told my dad, carried on crying. I cried for days. Aww. I was just like so emotional. And then it's just like, just, that was on the Friday, and then I was back on it on the Monday. I was like, started my new week again. I was like, okay, new week, ready for this. Back out, I went. Yeah. As if nothing had happened, and I was just like, "Oh, it was, it's so confusing." It's just, oh, I don't like. I think it's adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, and I was just so calm, and I had this high pitch voice on me the whole time. I was like, "You're gonna be fine." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's just, oh my god, I don't even know." I think it's that, like you say, it's it's being able to be calm in that situation, like yeah. you. Um, like you're very personal with the per- personal with the person. I don't know if that's right, but you're like very friendly with them. You put them at ease, um, yeah. and it's just making sure that you're like you're okay um, at the end of the day with like letting that out in some way, so that you don't kind of carry it on forever and ever. Yeah. Um, but I think those are. I'm not saying you can't get them other way, but those are, are definitely like I think some of the strengths that you can get from the challenges that come with being affected by mental health no um, and like that's the the like the story you've just given like it's an amazing story that kind of shows probably some of the like the skills that you've developed as someone that's affected by mental health um yeah like how often do we talk about the positive side of oh because of that you can do or you're more likely to be able to do whatever 
Um, I think sometimes that's missed off, and it's definitely something I don't. I don't know. I don't think I probably talk about it that much, but no, no, not at all. I remember when I first got diagnosed, and I came home, took my tablets, and I was crying, and I felt so weak. I was ashamed. I had this illness that I had barely any knowledge about. Mm. And then it was making me feel and think all these awful thing like things. And then my dad came up to me, and he had a really rough time with mental illness. He mm. came up to me, put his arm on my shoulder, well, his hand on my shoulder, smiled, and went, you'll be stronger at the end of this. Mm. It makes you stronger. And I was like, it won't, it won't. I can't be strong. I won't be strong. He's like, it'll make you stronger. You come out of this, and you'll be so strong. Mm. and then I was like no 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 and then I was like bullshit everything and now I'm just like he's so true Mm. so true like I'm so much I suffer from mental health illness I take quite a combination of Mm. medication I'm like a little maraca walking around (laughs) but I've got all this physical health stuff going on but I can get up I can smile, like one of my other blog posts, I can see the little bit of blue sky that's in the grey. And I can see this beautiful world that so many people can't see because they don't have the sight to. Mm. And like, I can see so many positives now and then. And I think if I hadn't have had mental health illnesses, I'll have them, whatever mm. you want to say, I won't be like this. I don't think. I don't think I would have got through this year with my physical health had I have not been mentally ill. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's like you say. It's quite. I don't know. You could spend all day sitting there trying to work it out, but I think it's having that that acceptance of this is where I am and acknowledging the strengths that you've built up through through those situations and actually, especially with the type of work that you are are doing and want to get into um that's only going to be of benefit i guess um and it's going to help you long term and it's nice to hear like from my end it's nice to hear that you've got people around you you've got your boyfriends you've got your family that are um that are there to support you that understand and you feel like you can talk to to them about what's going on as well yeah i don't know how they're still here honestly i don't feel like i deserve them because I've been awful. My moods is like coming to terms this year. I mean, it might be dramatic to some people, might be a bit dramatic to you, but to me, I'm ill, and it's my brain, and it's the organ that's supposed to help my own, my whole body. Mm. It controls everything, and I've got something wrong with it. Mm. And like, I mean, it's not as if I've been told I have this horrific illness, like cancer. Or anything like that. I haven't had the diagnosis, but all I know at the moment is that there's something wrong with my brain. Yeah. And I, I'm still not. I still haven't come to terms with it. But I'm a lot at ease with it. But mm. throughout the year, it's been so tough. Like even trying to think about it, type of thing. Like trying to accept it. It's like it's harder than accepting that I was mentally ill. <laughs> mm. Honestly, it's so much harder. And I don't want to offend people at all. Like, this is my personal opinion. This is my personal view. Yeah. So, like, you know, 
please like respect it and everything everyone is different mm. but with this phys- like with it being physically ill it's so much harder to accept than being mentally ill like it's so much harder and it's I, I can't explain it because I never ever ever would have thought I would like in the beginning of being mentally ill I, I'd be like oh my god I wish I had a broken leg oh I wish I had like a broken arm or something like that but oh no to me personally everyone is different but like waiting for the diagnosis of being physically ill or mentally ill waiting for this physical illness has really taken its toll on me and I've been an awful person because it's just confused me so much and I have no idea how I still have the people around me that I do honestly I think it's like you say it's everyone's own view and I remember saying I don't know if I've said this once or twice now before, but I love it, is that, um, so if you get hit by a bus, but I get a paper cut, have you heard me say this one before? No, I don't think I have. So, okay, if you get hit by a bus, yeah, um, you're obviously going to be injured a lot more physically than I am by a paper cut. Yeah. Um, but say after a week, two weeks, a month, you recover from your physical injuries yeah. um, and you're you're fine. You kind of carry on with your life. Um, but the paper cut, while it only gives me a small physical injury, I could develop a fear or a phobia of paper because of that injury. Um, and then so over time, I'm actually much more affected because of a paper cut than you are by being hit by a bus. Yeah. Um, and I think it is that idea that actually like whether it's physical or mental, we're all affected in different ways by different things. Um, and it's being open to, to having that conversation about like, um, we can talk generally about certain stuff and then when you want to say or I want to say like this is what I think or what I feel you can ask questions to try and understand why that person thinks that but at the end of the day you have to accept like that's what that person thinks um, and I think the more people that are open to having those conversations the better it doesn't matter unless you support Donald Trump what you think at all <laughs> um there's an acceptance i think that we all think and we all act differently and that is to the benefit of us as a society as a culture um if everyone was the same like that would be extremely boring there would be no development we would never really achieve anything Mm -hmm. um so i think that's nice like it's nice to talk to someone where we have kind of similarities where we talk and think similar about certain things, but we also have different opinions on other things as well. Um, And I think particularly when you're talking about um, the, the physical illnesses that, that while I have seen and heard of in other people, I've not experienced them myself. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, to talk about it in any one way or the other, but it's interesting and I guess rewarding for me that I'm able to to talk to you and to find out about your experience and how and how that's gone, um, and actually to hear about, um, like just I guess generally learn a little bit more about it in the first instance to be more educated on it, um, but also to hear like some of the struggles that is someone that is a friend and to hear about like what they've gone through and some of the stuff that you you don't always know, um, and I think 
that can be the same. I know we've not spoken loads, um, but there's people that you can know for a long period of time mm-hmm. and actually they don't come out with as much as you sometimes hear from from other people that you haven't known as long because you're more prepared to ask, I guess, like certain questions or talk about different topics. Um, and people that we've known longer, we don't always feel as comfortable asking that. So um, I think that's been a really uh interesting way to to kind of find out a little bit more about you and hear about your experience as well so um i think it's been a, a very nice conversation i feel so quiet whilst you're talking but i'm sat here and i'm nodding <laughs> that's like, good that's like good. i've got this like really like positive nod and i've got this smile on my face and i'm like yes yes i'm like someone's <laughs> speaking the truth i'm like got my hand up in the air praising to the universe but then you can't see none of that so i'm just no. like in silence that's good that's better than um crossed arms emoji girl <laughs> oh, um so i think as we start to to round off um if people want to find out a little bit more about you laura where can they go to so what's your website what's your twitter information and all that sort of stuff so my Twitter is Laura B. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, it is. I'm right. I'm. Oh, I'm such a loof. My Twitter is Laura B. X. O. Please don't hate. I made it in like 2009, but I stick to my roots. So I'm not going to change my old teenage little username things. That thing's too bad. So, yeah, it's Laura BXO. On there is the link to my blog. It's lauralikeschange.wordpress.com. And on there is a link to my Instagram. And I only really use Twitter and Instagram now. Facebook isn't really a big thing for me. But my blog is literally anything and everything about me. If you have any questions about anything at all literally i'm an open book so you could just dm me on twitter my emails on my blog and everything like that so yeah i'm here i don't bite i'm ginger but i don't have the temper to go with it all the time so honestly all the time <laughs> yeah all the time i am a safe person to come to sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's funny. Dad's got a sign up. Beware of the daughter. The dogs are fine. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're interested in any more information on the podcast, um, the podcast is on Twitter at underscore. No, it's not at underscore. <laughs> I caught it from you. Um, it's at open underscore journal underscore. Uh, and you can find me, Mike underscore Douglas underscore, and the website is mikeopenjournal.com. Um, I am on Facebook, but I don't massively use it. I think there's about 10 people following the podcast on Facebook, so it's a huge group. Um, don't feel the need to join in because Twitter is the main place. Ready? <laughs> do follow Mike on Twitter because he has really funny tweets and he tweets you funny gifts. so just ignore the mental health jazz he does really (laughs) funny gifts now and then yeah there's some (laughs) unfunny ones in there as well (laughs) yeah it's fine it's fine it's totally fine (laughs) cool thank you very much for coming on laura and i look forward to talking to your guests on oh this thursday i might be out so i might not be able to take part fully in 
I'm absolutely gutted. Like, I feel really bad, like, because it's the first one since I started taking part that I'm going to miss. Um, so I'm determined at the very least to like find one of the questions and answer one of the questions. I'm like, that's, I'll still be taking part. Like it won't be as much, but I'll still be there. <laughs> How dare you have a life and oh, not no. participate on our amazing Twitter talk. Oh no. How I'll have to do, da- I'll have to make up for it. I'll try and do, I feel like I need to do something special to, I'll do a video in the toilet. <laughs> do it. Do it. Honestly, you've got, Big, big, big things to make up to here, Mike. Honestly, well, I can't even think of the word. I'm so upset. Oh, I know. Anyway, um, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, and we will talk Thank again you soon. Me. <laughs> That's <Be> <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, thanks. The blog award. So good luck. You deserve to win. Oh, I definitely won't win, but it'd be cool to be in. I think they said they shortlist eight from each category. Well, you should win. So I'm hoping it'd be really cool to be in a top eight. Um, yeah. But it's really like, oh, when you see all the people that you're up against, you're like, oh, it's really cool because there's so many people that are awesome. And yeah. it's cool because you get to see like some of your friends in the in categories as well. But yeah. you're like, oh, there's no way I'm going to do that well. Oh, no, it's crazy because like, obviously we're both part of like the similar mental health group. Yeah. And then like so many of them have been nominated for the award. And I was like, this is so cool. Yes. It is, I, I do think it is really cool that, firstly, that there's so many people that talk about, oh, to be fair, it's the weird category that it sits in, just general health. But yeah. there's so many people that are talking about mental health, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But also to know, like, oh, like, these are people that I talk to and that I'm friends with. And, um, like, they're obviously doing really well. Um, I was like, like a proud mother. I was yeah. just like, oh, God. It's really cool. Um, so that's awesome. Like, as much as, like, I would really love to be in the top eight, um, I really hope that, like, there's one or two from, like, our group of friends that are yeah. um, in that. And I think, I think there will be. Um, my instinct is that um, Hannah should do quite well. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe Rich will do well as well i know he's not promoted it loads um but i think those are the two people that i feel like could do um should or could um be on shortlist so they're the two though honestly you deserve it you do so much you inspire so many people you deserve it just as much as those two Mm. honestly I swear. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like Rich has spoken out so much about OCD and he's like, I had no idea really what OCD was. And then mm. his like how much he speaks out about it and everything like that. I'm just like, oh my word. And then Hannah's then talk I'm H she's like inspiring people to talk about mental health as well. But mm. then so are you, like you're like I could be like the beacon of hope. <laughs> no, but like honestly, you're like inspiring people to talk openly about mental health like with someone else and like giving Mm. other people the opportunity to listen to them and like letting other people in yeah that's true yeah like so like you are you're helping people so much but i don't think you realize how much this podcast like is helping people it's hard isn't it because you do it you don't i don't know you don't know you don't notice it or you don't think of it no yeah i totally get that way i think you also get like um, like you were saying earlier about you downplay how you feel like you downplay what you do as well I think sometimes it's not yeah. being it's really hard to like say like oh I do this I really enjoy it and I'm doing really well at it yeah um, I think yeah it's difficult to do that uh, it's really hard um, yeah. it's I don't know I guess it's that human nature thing again that you you gradually sort of work out what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with and like I worked out, I'm happy to like pimp myself out on Twitter. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I feel like to me, don't look at me. I'm yeah. here. 